All right, today I have uh, Jacob Rush with me. Uh, Jacob is a, a Greyfriar and master's uh, student at New St. Andrews College. Uh, so we've been friends for a few years now. What, a couple years? Two now. Well, just a little less than two. Yeah, he was a groomsman in my wedding. So, you know, I'd say we're, we're, we're decent friends. We're there. We're there. Uh, so, Jacob, you are the um, inaugural episode of what will probably become uh, Testimony Tuesdays or <laughs> something, something like that. To pair with Taco uh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we can eat tacos uh, while you give your testimony in future uh, versions of this. Uh, but so, why don't, you, why don't we just begin by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? And what is your current uh, vocation? Great. Yeah. So, um, my name is Jacob Rush. Uh, you actually started calling me J Rush, which I really appreciate. So I've been uh, called that a lot, actually, from people sometimes who I don't even know. It's like, oh, J Rush. It's like, oh. Um, so I am a uh, current Greyfriar, like you said, but I also work for New St. Andrews College. So that's my, my main vocation is that I do recruitment and um, marketing emails for the college. Um, so spend a lot of my time behind a, behind a screen or um, calling prospective high schoolers on the phone and they probably get tired of, of seeing my number. Um, and then when I first got here, I worked at uh, mostly a tapped tap house and kitchen. It's a local gastro pub in town, serve beer, serves good food. So still do a little bit of that, but much less now. Okay. Tell us, for people who don't know, what is a gray fryer? Because that sounds kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, not a monk, though. Uh, so a gray fryer is a ministerial student at uh, Christchurch here in Moscow, Idaho. So it's, a, it's sort of the our denomination, the communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches, Man, that's a, we, we really need to shorten that to something, like crack. Anyway, um, it's, it's our version of our approach to a seminary program. So we don't have any official seminary like Westminster or something like that. Um, we want to kick that to sort of the local church mm -hmm. and under the authority of the pastors and elders. So um, it's a ministerial program that the, overseen by the elders here at Christ Church. Yeah. And before uh, I ask you to tell me a little bit about your faith journey, uh, what is your pitch for a high school student to go to New St. Andrews? Give a, can you give us like the 32nd NSA uh, will change your life pitch? Wow. <laughs> Put me on the spot. That was not in the, uh, <laughs> the, the text you sent, um, but it is my job. So here I go. Yeah. So why any high school student should come to New St. Andrews College? Uh, yeah. My pitch would be as a Christian, we want to not simply um, attend to just our Bibles and our Bible studies and have a really good theology, but we also want to learn how to apply that theology and our Bibles to all of life. So if Jesus is Lord of um, your heart right, and the church, he's not just Lord of that, he's Lord of history and science and the humanities and um, philosophy. And so that's, that's a little bit of what we're trying to do is to equip our students to take their, um, their faith and see how it relates to God, because it does. So that would be my little pitch. And depending on your background, I would maybe advise you a little bit differently. Um, I know I was public schooled, so um, when I was first kind of exposed to Christian education, it blew my mind because I thought, 
<laughs> like, like, yeah, it's like you can you can talk about Jesus and biology in the same sentence, mm-hmm. right? These things aren't mutually exclusive. Um, so that's what I would say is that we are trying to create Christians who can think about um, every aspect of uh, human engagement, whether it's you know engineering or um, more of the humanity side of things, and bring that to submission to Christ. And then now you're a critical thinker and you're able to engage whatever vocation you go into with that foundation and that basis. So Yeah, and I would probably just add to that. I think uh, ed- we would say education, whether that's homeschooling or public schooling or upper higher education, upper education, whatever it's <laughs> called, um, is all a discipleship context. Like we're all we're all being discipled by whoever we're following, whoever is teaching us. Right. And the question is, uh, as someone who works with college students, I think, uh, do I want students during their most pivotal years of life being discipled by the world, by secular educators, right. or do I want them to be discipled by confessing Christians who are teaching their subjects self-consciously from a Christian perspective. And I think uh, for me, I just think of it as this is going to be equipping you as an entire uh, person to be able to do whatever you're going to do, whether that's be a doctor or an engineer or a computer programmer, is to know, all right, yeah, what does Christ have to say about that? And um, I think the the proof is in the graduates. When we yeah. when we talk to people who have graduated from, uh, say, a public university like I did, I went to the University of Washington, or someone who has gone through one of these um, kind of great books, uh, Christian liberal arts schools, you're just exposed to a very different curriculum. So uh, there is your free NSA commercial. You guys can uh, you know cut me the check. My uh, <laughs> yeah, my email is jrush at nsa.edu if you have any questions. Um, there will be no check for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, let's get into why um, I asked you to, to be here in the first place. So tell us, uh, when did you start following Jesus and what were kind of the circumstances surrounding that? How did that happen? Yeah, so... Um, the big question, we could come at it a couple of different ways, I think. So for me, I kind of grew up in a, a more nominal Christian background. Uh, so my mother's side of the family was Methodist, um, uh, and we were in the South. So you know, take sort of your stereotypical Southern Christianity and then take Methodism, <laughs> which maybe you're not familiar with it, but um, very, uh, think of it as very wishy-washy. They're very, very kind to people. Um, but not a lot of meat there. Okay. Um, so so kind, but not doctrinally deep. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I, you know, we sang a lot of you know, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, and you know, had a guy on a guitar. I've never heard that song. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Methodist classic. No. Um, so very yeah, very much about Christ's love, and He loves the world, but there's um, it sort of remains in the sky. It's like pie in the sky, kind of you know. Christian faith, and there's not a lot of application. And for me, you know, I grew up in, um, um, so that was my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, more just sort of southern, um, very private, not really church going at all. Okay. Uh, and then my parents separated when I was very young. And so I kind of grew up in this, you know, not stable background and foundation. And, and, but we would go to church and I would hear, you know, Jesus loves you, very smushy, uh, stuff. 
and there was no sort of rubber meets the road, and, you know, we would pray at Thanksgiving and Christmas, but, you know, there's a disconnect between what actual life looked like right. and what we pray. Yeah. So, um, so... And where was this? Texas. Okay, and yeah. where, what part? Uh, so, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, north of Dallas, about an hour and a half, okay. the 903. Okay. In case there are any <laughs> um, Texans. So... So that was sort of the background growing up. So I, I, and I was even baptized as a baby um, before I believed that that was cool. Um, they didn't ask me my... You were pedo-baptized against your will? I know, I was. I didn't, they didn't even ask me if it was okay. Um, so um, grew up in that context, knew, knew the stories, right? right. Knew the, con- the content of the Bible. Um, but again, no personal... It didn't really matter to me. My thoughts were, okay, sort of be nice, be kind, don't, just, just don't be a bad person, and you're good. So I would say I started to follow Jesus. Um, I really don't have a good time stamp for you. It, it was around my middle, end of middle school into high school. Um, like the I said, awkward years, I Yeah, which say. is a terrible time to be alive. Um, it's a great time to start following Jesus. Uh, because Cause you had nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else Everything going for you. Everything stripped away from you. Um, <laughs> so you turned to him. So, um, so and, and it was really, again, for God uses crooked sticks to, to draw straight lines. I, I started going to youth group. Uh, because they're cute girls, and you had a lot. You got, you had friends, right? It was the South. Everybody hung out in youth group, whether okay. you were a committed Christian or yeah. not, or maybe you thought you were, but you weren't. Um, so, um, so I started going to youth group. Started hearing the Bible taught and preached, and it was a very gospel-centered kind of message. Um, and and but they took the Bible seriously, right? This and so is, this wasn't a Methodist no. church, or what was it? Right. So I I moved into uh, sort of non-denominational churches, which are basically Baptist with a website. Uh, <laughs> that's so. Uh, I was part of um, a church called Sherman Bible, still there in um, in Sherman, Texas. Started going to the youth group there, and yeah, heard the Bible taught by faithful Christian men. Um, yeah, like I said, very gospel-centered, going to youth group, and didn't have, like, this big conversion moment, but it was sort of like, over the course of a, about a year or so, felt um, these all these dots started to connect, mm-hmm. and I started to have a desire to know the, the Bible, to know the Word, um, because it answered um, all the questions that I had, and it um, presented itself as the truth, mm-hmm. right? Here's an account of why um, things are hard. Here's an account of why the world is the way that it is. Um, here's an account of why y- you suck, you know, because we all have a sense that something's not right about us. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible explained those things. And so I sort of just got this hunger for the word and um, ate it up. And very soon after, you know, kind of found like Calvinism, you know, the sort of doctrines of grace, um, and entered that kind of world. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's the basic timeline of how I got connected to the church. And so I got really plugged in with the youth group, um, eventually led our youth group worship um, <laughs> because I could play three chords on a guitar. So they said, go ahead. Yeah. Um, G, C, D, is that, are those the three? Or C, G, D. Okay. If you have E minor in there too, yeah. that helps. Um, so four chords is, is ideal actually. <laughs> so... Um, 
but that, and that's what it looked like. And then from there, it's sort of, um, yeah, just uh, been a maturing process of the Lord teaching me, and you know, in some ways, having to go backwards in order to go forwards. Yeah. Um, and as I moved to different communities and saw how they were following Christ, um, continuing to learn and adjust how I was originally discipled too. So constant sort of. Uh, adaptation and growth in my own discipleship through over the years. Yeah. So it sounds like you probably don't know exactly when you were born again or uh, kind of how would you, th- how yeah. do you think about your yeah. regeneration yeah. Um, in that story? Yeah. So that really bothered me. And um, as I was going into college, because, you know, as you, especially too, as you go, get into sort of reformed theology and, and, uh, have a greater sense of your own sinfulness, I think, as you just mature as a believer and you you know like the the wickedness of your heart, it can be easy to go down that hole and like start to freak out like i i don 't know the exact date when I was converted or was it this time or was it this time and then you you know and you begin to doubt like wasn't am I even converted you know and yeah. um, and that was a real real problem for me for for a while and, and um my my sense though was that. Um, a healthy sense of I don't know, and to uh, to a certain degree, it doesn't matter um, a whole lot. Um, my, I, I guess what I would say is that it seemed for me right around my freshman year of high school that I had a clear sense of okay, um, I know what the Bible teaches about the gospel. I've confessed it. Uh, I was actually rebaptized. Um, in 2010, so okay. almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was around then that I would say there was a clear, like, light switch that came on where I understood what I was doing. I was, you know, uh, in community, recognizing the sin in my life and attempting to live more and more like Christ. But the helpful analogy I've, I've had, I think actually Pastor Doug talked about it, is you don't actually need to know when the lights came on in order to know that they're on, mm-hmm. right? So if you walk outside, it's 3 p.m., but you didn't know it was 3 p.m., um, like, you shouldn't freak out about, like, I don't know when the sun came up, right? It's like, well, are they, can you see? Well, yeah, okay. Then that, walk in the light that you have. Yeah. Walk in what's right in front of you. It's important, I think, though, to know, like, there was a moment, like, we have, confess that God brought me from death to life, but, you know, there's sometimes where I've wondered, you know, I was baptized as a baby, and did I have some sort of, you know, sense of faith? Because I've always, I've, I had a sense that, you know, God was at work, and he was present. Um, so who knows? Like, was it that just God gave this increase yeah. in in those middle school, high school years? So. Yeah. It seems like for... Um, people that have maybe grown up in Christian culture and maybe didn't have, you know, the drugs to Jesus, right. a dark to light conversion, but something almost more like a dimmer switch going on. Right. I think one of the clear signs that someone has been born again, that they're new, is that they're hungry for the word. Just like, you know, baby comes out and the baby's hungry. <laughs> and I think when you start realizing, okay, when was I hungry for the word? Yeah. And when was it nourishment to me is often one of those more uh, concrete yeah. indicators of, okay, it seems like God was definitely doing something. And yeah. maybe even it was in those Methodist 
years and and God did something later on or right. or who knows but clearly it sounds like yeah something happened in high school yep. junior high years when uh you were self-consciously saying I, I want to follow Jesus I want to yeah you know uh live like a Christian yeah. should yeah and I and I I wanted to study the word and I also wanted to explain it um so that was I mean, in I was public school and so but we had a handful of Christian clubs um you know, first priority, and um, uh, we would do this IHOP Bible study in the early high school years, and um, it, it gave me, like, joy to be able to not only understand what the Word was saying, but also explain it to other other Christians, mm-hmm. and, and because I was excited about it, and I wanted them to be excited about it, too. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So let's close with this. Why don't you give us uh, one reason why every single person should follow Jesus? Mm. Yeah, just one. Just one. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Hmm. Doesn't have to be the the biggest reason or the most important reason. Yeah, just give us one reason. Yeah. Um, I would say one reason why everybody should follow Jesus is um, because they want to be happy. It's that it's sort of the the C.S. Lewis John Piper answer, right? Is that everybody lives their life um, seeking happiness, right? That's why we do, it's why we choose, you know, um, bad things, right? It's why we go after alcohol or sex or, or money. Um, but it's also why we go after do things. We all want to be, uh, we want joy. <clears throat> and we all have, I would say, um, a sense, uh, we all know what it's like to feel guilty, right? Um, just have this low, dull, grade sense of just like, Something's not right. I'm not happy. Um, and the Bible says that that's actually God telling you uh, that you're a sinner, right? God, God telling you that you are not in fellowship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, and um, the answer, the solution to that is to call out to him, confess your sins to him, and receive Christ who is basically came to put you back into fellowship with God. So we all want to be happy. Um, we're not happy. Uh, and the one who can bring us back into the happiness we were meant to have is Christ. Uh, and he does that by forgiving our sins, but then also enabling us to walk in fellowship with God. Um, so that, does, that, yeah. does that answer your question? Yeah. I, I just finished going through Augustine's Confessions, and he spends a whole section on explaining how, yeah, we all... Um, even unbelievers are everything we do, we do because we think it's going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. Um, even the man who commits suicide thinks that yeah. will that will be a happier ending than his his current life. And uh, I forget exactly how the quote is, but you know, our heart is restless until right. it finds its rest in God. And hmm. um, that is one of the the enjoyable things about reading Augustine, especially Confessions, is that. Um, he keeps it real with his own sin, his own search, and then finding actual joy, finding happiness in the uh, blessed God or in the happy God, yeah. uh, as I, I think John Piper would say. Yeah. Uh, well, Jacob, thanks for coming on, and I hope you recruit many, many high schoolers. Uh, what's that email address again? <laughs> thanks, uh, jrush uh, at nsa 
Jrush.edu. So is it actually Jrush? Like, yeah. Oh man. Well, did it, they assign that to you, well, or was it, this volunteer? No, it, it was assigned because they do. You know, they, I guess the procedure is first letter, last name. Yeah. So you know, Jrush. Yeah. Um, and no, there, is there a number attached to it? Like, well, uh, so students have a number. Okay. But since when I became a staff member yeah. officially, uh, the number dropped away. Wow. So, that you too can lose your number. You too can lose your number. <laughs> you I have not yet attained to that <laughs> status. So, but thank, thanks so much for having me. It was, it was great. So, thanks.